0: You pray for us tonight, I'll just be honest with you, I feel like I'm all over the place here. Uh, I'm going to just trust the Lord and mind Him tonight. Uh, You pray for us, Mark chapter number 10, and I want to begin reading in verse number 13. Mark chapter 10 and verse number 13. The Bible says, And they brought young children unto Him, that He should touch them. And His disciples rebuked those that brought them. You may be seated. I thought tonight I, I, I want to I wanna preach on just this simple thought. Uh, Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves the little children. And I'll, I'll even go another step farther. I believe he, he loves the medium-sized children, and I believe He loves the bigger children. I believe He loves the younger children, the middle-aged children, and I believe He loves the older children as well. I thought today uh, I was sitting there and I was trying to gather my thoughts and I began to think about the young life of Jesus, the, the, Jesus as a child. And I thought about the time that He went into the temple. And remember, uh, they had gone the distance to Jerusalem from Bethlehem, and, and how that they, that it was the feast of the, of the Passover, and how, the, remember, they had left Jesus back not knowing. That he, had been, that he had stayed back to, in Jerusalem and how Mary and Joseph had went a day's journey and, and they found him on the third day, I believe the Bible says, in the temple and, and how that maybe they had actually forgotten about their child. Maybe they just assumed that their child, the God himself, you think about it, God himself here, they lost God. They misplaced God, and I thought how uh, how maybe they had forgotten about him, and how uh, maybe they had had maybe misplaced him and lost track of him, and how they had to go back and 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 revisit the places that maybe they had been in hopes that they would find their little boy in hopes that they would find God again and, and I thought you know. Uh, concerning the young people here, you might think that you're insignificant. You might think that that you don't mean much or you don't amount to much in the house of God, but I beg to differ with you. I believe that there is a great place, uh, a, a place for every one of us here in the house of God, I believe. And God forbid that we forget about the children. God forbid that, that we uh, get too busy with our own selves and get too busy as an adult that, and, and maybe as a parent or a guardian that we neglect or forget about our children and, and leave them astray somewhere, or leave them behind, if you will. Uh, but you know, I got to thinking about that today and, and I thought... As we read this these passages of scripture here. Now I may jump back and forth. Like I said, I, I just feel like I'm all over the place tonight, but but I thought about when in here in verse number thirteen the Bible says, And they brought young children to him. They brought young children to Jesus. And I thought, you know. Whether it, it don't say if they're parents, I would assume in my mind that it's it's parents. I would imagine moms and dads, and, and no doubt they've heard that Jesus is around. Jesus is in town, and they gathered up their children and began to make the trip down to where Jesus was. I could imagine seeing them grabbing their their little boy or their little girl by the hand and say, "Hey, we're going to go see Jesus." And how that they would lead those children down to the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that that the the disciples, they got upset and they rebuked those that brought the children to Jesus. But you know, I believe this tonight, church. I believe one of the greatest things that we can do with our children is bring them to Jesus. I believe one of the greatest things that we can ever do as a a parent or a guardian is to instill faithfulness in them. I believe we ought to show them with... I, I believe this today. I believe that we... We ought to show it with our own actions, us being faithful as parents to the house of God. And I believe it would instill faithfulness into the children as well. But I believe we ought to bring them to the house of God. I am challenged by these verses of Scripture that we read here tonight simply because we ought to bring our children to Jesus. We ought to bring them to the house of God and and be faithful there. And you know, I want to flip over. I believe it's in Matthew chapter number 18. And I want to read just a few verses of Scripture here concerning the children. I got to thinking about different places in the Bible, in in the Gospels, where Jesus interacted with children. And I looked these up today or yesterday evening and got to thinking about them and pondering on them. And the Lord led us here to Matthew chapter, I believe it's in number 18, Matthew chapter number 18, and I believe it's in verse number 1. The Bible says, this in Matthew 18 and verse number 1, it says, "In the same time, at the same time, the disciples unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, here, I believe that these disciples here are kind of looking for an answer that I believe that they didn't get. I believe that they were kind of hoping that might fall upon them or their direction. But notice what Jesus said. It said, At the same time the disciples unto unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted. I like that word converted. Uh, It said, Except ye be converted and become as little children ye shall not enter into into the kingdom of heaven whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven, that tells me that I believe. I believe the playing field's level. I don't believe there's going to be uh, somebody up here, and then there's going to be somebody down here. And I believe it. I, I'll just say it like this: I believe the ground is level Amen. at the feet of Jesus. And you think about that tonight. We can come just as we are, and know that Jesus is not going to make a difference between whether you're you, you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're young, whether you're old. It makes no difference your color, your race. It makes absolutely no difference tonight we know that Jesus will make no difference in 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 you tonight notice on I want to look a little bit farther in verse number five it says and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me but whoso shall offend one of these little little ones which believeth in me believe in me it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. So you see tonight, young people, you see that there's no difference between you, the the youngest here tonight, and the oldest, there's no difference. And anywhere else in between, we're all significant in the eyes of of Christ tonight. But you know, I, I, I just, I thought about the young people, and I thought about maybe sometimes we... As an adult, we'll overlook and we'll neglect, and I don't want you to think that we're we're intentionally doing that tonight, young people. We we loved you here tonight, and we're thankful that you are here, that you're here at Union Valley tonight. We love the young people here and appreciate them. But you know, I thought about I want to go over to Matthew chapter twenty-one, just a couple pages over, and look at something a little bit different. I believe that we can find instruction here on how. Our, to raise our children concerning Jesus, and first of all, I believe they're in the in the passage of scripture that we read in Mark chapter ten. I believe it starts by bringing them to Jesus. I believe we ought to bring them to the Lord Jesus in hopes now you, you think about that the Bible says that they brought them to Jesus in hopes that he would touch them and you, and I believe he done just that, did he not you let me, let me go back here just for a moment. In Mark chapter number 10, I want to look at that. He said there, he said, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them. You know, I thought concerning our children, how important it is that we bring them to the house of God and bring them to the house of God and keep bringing them to the house of God in hopes that one day Jesus is going to lay his hands upon them. And I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to their hearts. I believe the Holy Spirit can, can move upon a young child. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see a young person here tonight just get filled with the Holy Ghost of God? Wouldn't it be wonderful tonight for you, young person, to, to experience the overwhelming power of the Holy Ghost of God in your life? Wouldn't that be wonderful tonight? I've been I've been teaching and studying a little bit on on the Holy Ghost, and I've been teaching it to the young people downstairs and how that that we ought to be obedient to the Holy Ghost of God. I believe if we're obedient to our parents, and we should be, we ought to mind our parents, we ought to listen to them and obey them. But even in, even me, at forty five years old, it's important for me. To listen and mind and obey my parents. Even yet today. I can benefit from the wisdom that they have. And they can share towards me. And it's, it's important for me yet today to listen and mind my mom and dad. And I thought how much greater is it that we listen and obey and mind the Holy Ghost of God. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I, I believe this. I believe that when God speaks to your heart. I believe it requires action on our part. I believe when God speaks directly to me, whether it's just me raising my hands, whether it's me raising my voice in praise, whatever it may be, it may be jumping up and running a lap or two around the church, whatever it may be, we ought to mind the Spirit of God. And I believe it requires action upon my part and upon your part. But, but notice this. It goes on down there to say that in the latter part of that Scripture that we read there in Mark chapter number, number 10, it says in verse number 16, And He took them up, in his arms, put his hands upon them and bless them. Wouldn't it be wonderful we can bring our children to Jesus and watch what God can do in their lives and watch God lay his hand upon them and watch the Holy Spirit move up in them and and, and see that they have been blessed by the Spirit of God. Now over in Matthew chapter number twenty one. I want to read just to look at a couple verses here. In verse number 14, I believe it is. I want to pick up in verse number 14 in chapter 21 of Matthew. The Bible says, And the blind and the blind, and the lame came to him in the temple. This is just right after Jesus went into the temple and he overthrew the, the money changers and they were selling and, and they had then turned the house of God into a den of thieves, he said. And, but he said, it says this, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful works. Now notice this. When they saw the wonderful works. Notice what happened. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did. And the children crying in the temple and saying Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased. Do you realize that's where we're at today? The world is sore displeased. At people doing good things they're sore displeased at people trying to live a, a Christian life. they're sore displeased at, at the, the Christian individual and I thought how we're, we're right there today you know some things we've just seen and, and witnessed here just in the last in the last few days concerning I didn't stay home from church and watch the Super Bowl. Super Bowl was on a Sunday evening and we ought to be in church on a Sunday evening. Amen. But I and I don't know I don't know anything about the the commercials. It's a big thing during the Circle Bowl is a commercials. But there's there's this uh, something I can't remember what it's called exactly. But evidently there were two two commercials that were advertised concerning Christ and it's trying to trying to get individuals to, to just pique their interest interest on Jesus and how that they aired those two those two commercials and how some of them took offense to it. And, and they took offense to the fact that there's this man by the name of Jesus that, that's perfect. He's sinless. And how that they took offense to that, but yet they'll advertise everything else, the, the gambling and alcohol and everything else, and that's okay. Oh boy, you mention the name of Jesus. Mention the name of Jesus. And He tells us that many will be offended at His name. But that's where we're at today, isn't it? Sad that when when these chief priests and the scribes and they saw the wonderful things that Jesus was doing in the temple, how he healed the people, how they were sore displeased. But but notice what happened there. It said it it said that mentioned that the children were crying in the temple, and it mentioned that they were I believe that they were shouting Hosanna to the Son of David. In other words, you know what they were doing. I believe they were praising. Jesus, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get our children to the house of God and, and, and be faithful and bring them to the house of God and the Holy Spirit light up on them and, and just watch our children praise here tonight? Wouldn't it be wonderful? I watched as Madison raised her hand. I don't know if anybody noticed it, but I watched as Madison raised her hand in the choir here tonight. And it just blessed my heart. Now, I'm not referring to Madison as a child, but you know what? What? She's a child of God tonight. And as a child of God, you know what we ought to do? We ought to praise Him. We ought to worship Him. We ought to honor Him and bring glory and honor to His name. But you know, Jesus loved the little children. And there's a couple places in the Bible where, where Jesus actually heals. He heals the children. There was one man that, remember, he had brought his son to Jesus. and. And it, it then took his son to the disciples and they couldn't do nothing with him. He was possessed with the devil. And, they, and the disciples couldn't do nothing with him. He'd done the right thing. He took that little boy to Jesus. And the Bible says that, that he foameth at the mouth and it threw him in water at times and threw him in fire at times and, and it hurt that young boy, no doubt. And how he brought that young man to Jesus in hopes that Jesus would, would heal him. And you know, Jesus cast the demon out of that young lad there that day. And I, bl- I believe the Bible says that within the hour, the demon had departed that young man. And we know that there was a man by the name of Jairus. I believe it's in Luke chapter number 8. You'll find that, that Jesus was passing through a great crowd of people. And there was a man that come to Jesus and sent his servant. And he, he, he said, come, come to my house that you might heal my daughter. She's laying in bed sick. Well... There was a great crowd of people there, and there was a woman that had the issue of blood, and how that she she thought within herself, if I can just get and touch the hem of his garment. You think about that tonight, church. <laughs> if I can just reach and touch the hem of his garment, she thought within herself she could be made whole. And how that she made her way through the press, and I believe with everything that she had, she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible says immediately he felt virtue. And I believe immediately that woman was healed from that very time. I believe she stood up and and I believe she was made whole. I believe she didn't have no problem with the issue of blood no longer. Jesus was delayed. There was a man that sent word to Jesus, Jesus, come and heal my daughter. And because, because of this woman that had the issue of blood, he was delayed. Well, it wasn't long the servants came and said, Bother the master no more, for the young lady has died. And Jesus made the journey there, and he went in, and, and he walked inside of that room, and what did he tell them? He said, she's just asleep. Well, they laughed him to scorn and, and mocked him and made fun of him. Well, he ran them out, did he not? He put them out of there. And how that he spoke to that, that young lady and how she was raised. I believe she was dead. There was no life in that young lady and how that Jesus brought that young lady back to life then remember there was the widow woman there at Nain I believe it's in Luke chapter number 7 and how that her husband had died she was a widow this was perhaps her only son and now she had done lost him and there was a funeral procession she was headed to the graveside with her son Jesus passed by again bless his holy name thank God he spoke to that young lad, and I believe he set up. Set up out of the, you think about that, here they're on their way to the graveside, and how that he set up out and rose that young man from the dead. Jesus loves the little children, and I thought out of all of those things, you know, all of those great things that Jesus had done, and and, and the great miracles that He had done with those young people, and how that He laid their hands upon them, and how he, how he blessed them, and how He healed them, and, and how that He rose them from the dead. You know, I believe even greater than that is when, I like when it says here in the Bible, it says, go and sin no more. And then it might say, it says, thy sin be forgiven thee. In other words, do you know that Jesus had power while He was on earth to forgive sin? He was altogether God, was He not? No different. And I thought how wonderful it would be. How wonderful to know that our sins have been forgiven. You might go through this life and you might, be, you might be, have a, an ailment. You might, have, uh, you might be sick of the palsy. Remember there was one place where, where Jesus uh, healed the man that was sick of the palsy. And He said, take up thy bed and, and walk. And then He said this, remember... He said, go and sin no more. That let me know right there that He forgave that man of his sins. And how that He would forgiven him of his sins. But you know, even in this life as we know it, sometimes we may hit a hard patch, we may go through just what is called life. And we may have problems in this life as we face them from, times to, from time to time. And no doubt, uh, there, there's, there's different things that we're going to encounter and we're going to face in this life. But you know what? I would rather go through this life knowing that I've got Jesus. And maybe lose my right arm or lose my eye or whatever. Maybe lose my leg or whatever it may be. And not find that healing on this side of eternity. But still yet know that I've got Christ than to go through this life and be perfect, to be whole, to be healthy, to be strong and to be young again and not have Jesus. I believe we ought to bring our children to Jesus and I believe we ought to instill Christ into them and love on them and let them know that there's a man by the name of Jesus that wants to save their soul. I want to share this with you and I'll be done. I'd like to have... Would it be okay... If I could have a couple volunteers up here, a couple young people, would that be okay? Brother Evan, would you mind helping me? Would you come help me? You can just stay down front right there, Brother Evan. Where's Brother Noah? Noah, would you mind helping me? Is he asleep? Noah, would you mind helping me? Is he? Is he gonna make it? Huh? Is it? You pray for Brother Noah. How about Judah? Judah, would you mind? Would you come help me? No. Ezra can help. You go help me, Ezra. But you know there was a time when when Adam and Eve sinned that there was a great division, there was a great separation that had come between man and come between God. Everyone you just turn around here just for a minute. I'm gonna place this up when you're buying. Now that coat represents sin. It, it, it's covered him, does it not? It's just engulfed him. He's covered up, he's covered up by sin. You think about all the sin that's on that coat. Think about the lying and the cheating and, and, and whatever else you want to lay, it, it's awful. It puts off a, a, a foul odor, right. a, a foul smell. Right. And we don't want to be involved with that, but we can't help it because of our sin nature. Yeah. You were born into this uh, thing. Right. But I could imagine as there was a conversation in heaven one day. There goes my help. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could imagine as in heaven. You know, I believe that Jesus looked down and saw mankind in the shape that he was in. Sure. And I believe that Jesus had compassion upon mankind. He, he told the Father, He said, I'll go. I'll go and I'll take their place. Now, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, you know that God performed the first sacrifice. It so sure. was blood that had to be shed right. to cover their nakedness up. Right. To cover their flesh up, to cover their sin up, and then you think the Bible says is that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. In other words, we could never know forgiveness. And Jesus not shed blood, but Jesus said, "I'll go and I'll die for those people." So here comes this man by the name of Jesus. Now I want you to know tonight that Jesus was perfect. Brother Ezra is going to represent Jesus. Aren't you, Brother actually? Okay. So, Jesus, I believe, I believe this tonight, I believe my King James Bible, I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Yeah. I believe that she was conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. Never known a man before. And I believe that he was born and I believe that he was born perfect. Sure. I believe that he lived a perfect. You think about yes. that. Everything about that man was perfect. Sure. He was holy. Yes. He was righteous. Yes. He was sovereign. He was God. Yes. He was without blame. He was without gout. He was innocent. Amen. Yeah. He was perfect. Amen. I believe even the very blood that ran through his veins was different than mine and different than yours. And I believe he never had a scratch. I believe he never had a cut. I believe he never had a bruise. You think about that. Had, it, had he had all those things, he couldn't have been the perfect Lamb of God. But Jesus came as the perfect Lamb of God, and he said, I'll take their sin. Yeah. And what he done, he reached down, and he removed the coat of sin. Yeah. Here, Brother Ezra, you want to put it on? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's biting out over here. <laughs> Anyhow, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus willingly took my sin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Jesus willingly took your sin yep. and he made it upon himself. Yes. Yes. Amen. And he Amen. took my sin to the cross. Yes, sir. Yes. Yep. And there he suffered and he bled and he died of cruel death, Amen. or <coughs> because I couldn't do it myself. Right. And because you That's couldn't so do so. it yourself. Thank God, Jesus took my place. And you know, they, they took him down off of the off of the cross, and they laid him in the bar or two. I don't. I'm not going to leave him on the cross. Right. And yeah. They took him down off of the cross, and they laid him in the bar too. You know, yeah. he was there for a period of three days. Right. And under his own power, you think about that. Under his own power. Now, some people say that he, he was just unconscious. He was just knocked out. But I want you to know, Jesus was lifeless. So Amen. He laid down his life will for you. you and for me. And on that third day, under his own power, yeah. he got up and walked out of the grave. Amen. And walked out of the tomb. And you know that he's seated on the right hand of God the Father right now. Yeah. And he's making intercession for you. Know, there, there's times, there's times in in my life as a believer. I've been saved since I was ten years old. Thank the Lord. And there's times in my life when after the fact that God saved me, that I have just fallen flat on my face and made a complete fool of myself and made a complete mess of my life because of still yet sin in my life. But you know, Jesus come by and He picked me up and He dusted me off and cleaned me off and said, let's go this way for a little while. You know, He'll look over to the Father and He'll say, Father, that one's mine. Amen. And you know, I believe that when the Father looks at me, guess what He sees? He sees the blood of His Son. And because of that. I don't understand this. I'll just be quite honest with you. I don't understand. But when God looks at me, he's, He sees as though I've never seen it before. Think about that. I know myself better than anybody else in here. And you know yourself better than anybody else in here. And I'll just say this: I don't deserve what Jesus did. Amen. You might think that you, you might think Thank that, you. hey, look what God got when He got me. That that's between you and Him. Every time I look in the mirror and I look at that old dirty rotten scoundrel that looks back at me, why did you do what you did for Amen. me? For me. <laughs> And I want you to know that He did it just for you. I believe from the oldest right down to the youngest. He made it so simple that even the smallest and the youngest mind in here tonight can understand and comprehend what Christ done for you. Jesus bore it all for you. Jesus suffered it all for you tonight. Would you stand with me, please, Mr. (laughs) Angle? Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Connie, if you're able, would you make your way back up here, please? Vicky, do you mind helping us tonight? And Chloe, wherever maybe Chloe's at. Church, I thought tonight, I believe that just as the Scriptures talk about those folks that brought their children to Jesus... Thank you for bringing your young people to the house of God tonight. Thank you for bringing your children. Uh, I talked to Amy Foster just for a moment right before church, and she brought two of hers and and one of the neighbors, and thank God for that. We'll take every one of them you bring. But we're glad to have the young people here tonight. And young people, I want you to know this. I want you to know that God died for you. Jesus died for you. And you're not too young tonight to get saved. You're not too young to, to fit into the house of God. You're not too young to, to, to think that I, I'm not going to make a difference. I'm insignificant. That's not the, that's not the case. That's not true.